This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to On Purpose with Justin Barclay on the Blaze Radio Network. Want to know a secret? It's one racing trick that would literally save you from wrecking your life and your business. If you learn it and apply it today. Actually, I heard Tony Robbins talking about this same trick in racing. Focusing on the right things. You know, when you're driving on the track and you're about to slide out of control, you feel your car shifting. Instead of focusing on that wall you're sliding into at the time, right? He says to focus on where you want to go. Steering the car in that direction will save your butt big time. And Michael O'Neill, Solo Hour Podcast, SoloHour.com. Nobody knows this better than you, right? Well, it's, it's funny because I just went through this. Um <laughs> Last week, so I have a vintage car that I restored, and I did a four-day road rally in Central California with it. Um, we went to two racetracks. It was like a thousand miles of mostly twisty, windy, high-speed ripping through the mountains. Like mm. that's pretty much what we did. And there was this one section in California called Petroleum Alley, which is a giant, the longest straightaway you've ever seen in the middle of nowhere. And there are these giant whoops in the middle of them. Like, you, like you could literally jump your car, Dukes of Hazard style, if you wanted to. <laughs> Um, I did it once really fast and the car got really light and I almost ate it. So I said, all right, I'm good. But I got to this seven mile straightaway and it's just, again, you, it's pretty much to the horizon. There's nothing around. You just can pretty much go as fast as you want. But you know, I'm not, I'm not a glutton for like danger. So I said, okay, I'm, you know, I've been, I've been going about a hundred the entire time. And this isn't a 47 year old car. So a hundred feels like you're going a thousand. Mm-hmm. You're really focusing, really concentrating, really getting together. So at the end of this straightaway, there's a 90-degree left-hand turn because it must go around someone's property line or something. And because the speed was relative, so me dropping down to 60 miles an hour felt like I could get out and get the mail after going 100 for an hour. You know, like it's just – that's just how it felt. And it was clear to me about uh, two seconds into trying to make this turn, oh, I'm not going nearly slow enough to make this. And I blew right through the turn. I, I, was, I was going 60. The sign said 15. Mm. And, it, <laughs> and I, I imagine the rest of my 100 people in my group probably took it at about 30. But I was going 60. Wow. So I now am going 60 miles an hour towards a fence uh, on gravel. That's what was happening in my life. <sighs> and, I, and I've got this car that's now quite valuable because it's just how the, the, uh, the course of... of uh, the value of these cars has gone up a lot in the last few years. And I said, okay, I'm about to crash my vintage Porsche into this fence at 60 miles an hour. And I'm on the brakes, so I have no traction. And I'm looking right at this thing. And, I, and everything I'd learned from racing, because I've been racing now for uh, about 15 years, is all came into play instantly. Hmm. Got off the brake. 
So then the car would turn. So now the car is turning. Ken, is there any way that I can possibly save this? So now I'm uh, on the throttle and I do this giant sweeping like drift, like a, a like imagine a geisha girl's fan. And that's me at 50 miles an hour on this gravel mm. counter steering and trying to save this thing. I was probably about six inches away from the fence. And then I counter steered the other way and it whipped it the other way and then whipped the other way. And then somehow I'm on the street again and my hands are shaking. And I said, holy crap, I just managed to do that. And if I had just focused on that fence, I would have still been in the fence. I would have gone right through it mm. and been, you know, I would have been, I would probably hit a cow or something through the fence. But that's, that's very amazing. correct. Yeah. It's very correct that you don't focus on that stuff. Uh, and I suppose in the entrepreneurial world, you know, if you focus hard enough on, on thinking you can't do something, you know, it's the old Ford thing. If you think you can, I think you can, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it was, um, it, it's in that case, I think with Marcus, it's, it's so hard to step out of that and say, Oh, I need to, I need to, I need to read this room a little better mm-hmm. and say, uh, I, th- this is out of my jurisdiction right now. I need to, I need to let this thing happen. You know, I'm sure you've been through it. Oh, you know, this, I think with me as, as in, in radio and doing stuff when you're, when you're in front of audiences all the time with whatever we would do, you know, I mean, the biggest, uh, the biggest thing, uh, was I did a couple of things at, um, when I was in Detroit in front of like 45,000 people at, uh, Comerica park where the tigers play. Mm. And a couple of things there. Number one, when you're on a mic in front of that many people, they just say, hey, you start talking, don't stop, because you're, ne- you're never going to figure it out. The echo's too much of a crazy, it'll, it'll play tricks on you. So just start talking and, and don't stop. And so we would, we would introduce people, yeah, and uh, we'd do like fireworks for the, for the radio station that I worked at. And then um, I actually married a couple at home plate and had to do the whole, you know, the vows and all that at home plate there. It was, it was really cool. But part of that, you know, part of that process is, you know, you're what you are very aware of who's in front of you. It's almost easier to do something like that because you can be aware of the audience rather than sit in a room and just talk and, and hope that this is going to resonate with people. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there's no, like you're saying with podcasting, there's no direct feedback. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And we were in, and even on top of that, you can assume that a, a small, tiny fraction of your listenership will actually respond, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll get a few, you know, I might send a show out and looking at my stats, I say, oh, 20,000 people listen to the show. And, and I asked for this and I got four people that responded, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just, it just depends, you know, on top of that, not only does it depend on that, it depends on how savvy your audience is. So I also co-host a show um, with a former athlete, a guy named Heinz Ward, who's a, mm-hmm. was a Pittsburgh Steeler. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has a 2 million social media following legit. And it's still just as difficult to get people to listen to a podcast. They just go, what's a podcast? Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> and, and we underestimated how, how not tech savvy the audience was. Right. If you could just, we, you know, great. We, you know, we went from zero to 5,000 
you know, listens and, and, and or downloads per show really quickly. It was like, oh, great. We're good. We're going to be at 10K in a, in a month. No, we're not. Hmm. You know, no, we're not. It's going to take a minute for these people to even understand what a podcast is. And, you know, we're still getting questions. What time is your show on? And, and, and what, what TV station is it on? We're like, okay, we, we got to do a better job of this. And so it really, it's really audience dependent. I think in, in the entrepreneurial world, we're a little spoiled because people are generally tech savvier, you know? Let me, let me ask you, uh, you know, cause you, you mentioned this earlier, but, uh, that, that you had gone to temple and, and, and done the broadcasting and all that, you know, so obviously you, this is something that you wanted to do. Where did that start? Where did, where did that come from? Well, to be clear, I, I was, that was the, uh, the, the program I was in, but I didn't do that program. Mm-hmm. So I was in the, the, the overall, um, the overall, uh, school was BTMM, Broadcasting Telecommunications Mass Media. Mm-hmm. My specialty was in, um, was in the internet. I, I, I learned uh, oh. web and the internet mm-hmm. within there, which in, in 1994 was a very early time for that to have happened. Yeah. We had, we had that we even had classes. Temple's one of the, the premier communication schools uh, sure. in the country. So like they really, they really led the way in a lot of ways. Um, Speaking of Bill Cosby, he did my commencement. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> how My, how far we've come. Um, so, but you know, my mom had been around radio and, and I, you know, I joke about it, but I'm not kidding. I really did listen to Howard Stern my whole life. And sure. I don't know that we've, in our generation, that there's been a better broadcaster um, yeah. than Howard. I mean, just, you know, you take, take or leave the content. But the broadcasting part is, mm-hmm. and the interview part is a, is on a like a different level. There's only a few guys: Bob Bob Costas, Howard Stern. Uh, I'd say Barbara Walters is up there. Uh, I really love currently this guy named Sam Jones. But but finding premier deep interviewers is not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Um, when the first time I did a podcast, and I'm not kidding about this, you could have you could have dragged me to whatever radio station that you could find, whether it was a talk radio or or sports or or uh, you know music, and I could have done three hours, and it, and I could have done it with ads with live ad reads, and and I don't even do you, do you remember that scene in The Born Identity. Mm-hmm. When he's in Poland and the two cops are poking him on yeah. the bench yeah. and they say blah, 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 blah. And then he responds to them in Polish and he yeah. kind of looks and goes, how do I know how to do that? <laughs> and then he and then he kicks their butt. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, I'm in the middle of this show and I'm seamlessly integrating websites and and like ads and stuff like that on, on somebody else's show. I, I did a little fill in and I got done. I go, well, that was easy. Like. I didn't have any idea I knew how to do that. Like Where do you that. think it came from? I think just from a literally a lifetime of paying attention, not only to the, uh, the radio, but the, the structure of it. Mm-hmm. And the, like I've been studying stand-up comedy for years. Stu- stu- like I love comics, but I love the technical side. Good radio and comedy are, are very close too. That's right. And it, you're, and, and you could say the same thing about a lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. So you're bringing someone through, you're using communication to bring someone through an experience. And 
you know, in the in the lawyer case, it's their point. In the comedy case, it's their punchline. In the radio case, it's their point. You know, their their uh, whatever they're trying to get from the interview. Yeah. And but they're still setting up a premise, and they're still making sure the audience understands the premise, and then they're delivering the goods of whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a good interviewer and you learn how to do that, you can be a good comedian or a good lawyer or a good radio person. Like it's all the same muscle. Yeah. And so I think I'd spent so much time, you know, uh, there's a show called Talking Funny on HBO. It was Louis C.K., Jerry Seinfeld, um, Chris Rock, and, and um, uh, 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 Ricky Gervais just talking about the art and technical side of comedy for an hour. I've watched it probably 40 times. And just like hearing four virtuosos in their own right describe how it fits together. Mm. And and what it's like to stay in the bit and what meaning like when an audience reacts to something or does a clap break that you just pause and let that happen. And then you continue on with with the bit. Those are things that I picked up from that. You know, those are real like technical side. So um, I look at a guy like um, Aziz Ansari and I, I don't think his last two or three specials have been funny at all. Like, I just I don't know if I cracked a smile maybe once or twice but they've been brilliantly executed. So while, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, Oh, uh, you know, go, you're going to laugh your butt off when you're home drunk from the bar with this. I would say, Hey, if you're a public speaker, go watch what he did. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a beautifully crafted hour, um, callbacks and, and just beautiful premises. And you see what he did here. You see how he repeated it that way. And then he did it this way. And this one, like those are all things that I notice. Mm. You know, I, lo- I noticed the, the, the infrastructure and I think that you do that enough and then, and then you go, Oh, this is the pro way to do it. Yeah. You know, um, you can write a hit song if you know the infrastructure of what hit songs are. And that's, I think can be very similar in the interview game. That's so funny. I've seen that in the music industry. I've seen that very same thing. I definitely see it in my podcast because I just started doing these as conversations. But over time, I started noticing that pattern and there was a formula. Is there and this is a good question. We'll ask Michael when we come back. Is there sort of a secret formula to success and how can you apply it in your life and business? We'll tap into that and get Michael's take. Michael O'Neill, SoloHour.com, SoloHour podcast, the Heinz Ward Show podcast. And more when we continue right after this. By the way, grab the VIP all-access newsletter. If you're not already on it yet, literally tips, tricks, tools, and techniques. Dozens of ways you can learn to create more freedom in your life today, now, right away. Go to justinbarclay.com and just click that blue box. Put in your name. Put in your email. We'll see you on the inside. Ordinary heroes walk among us every day. These are their stories. On Purpose with Justin Barclay on the Blaze Radio Network. 